What's every, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. So glad you're here. Get to welcome a friend that I can't wait to introduce you guys to. His name is Mike Klaus. Mike, welcome to Thank you. the podcast, man. Glad to have you. You're like, um, you know, we get to interview people from different parts of the world. You and I, geographically, have the largest amount of distance of anybody I think I've ever interviewed on the podcast. Oh, really? Um, no. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> you are for sure the closest. You're like a neighborhood over. That's right. Uh, so, you know, we'll get into this more later, but it was funny to me because we were meeting in a in a part of town when I do local meetings that I like to meet in. I work with some businesses there and it's just a, it's a fun place. And and so in my mind, you lived on one side of the town of Columbus. I lived on another. <laughs> and then we found out like, oh my gosh, we're like right near each other. That's right. Uh, so super funny. Um, well, you know, Sight Shift, it's all mm. about proving to the world you're defined by what you do. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and so facetiously, of course, I say that. What I'd like to do is is just kick off to let people get to know a little bit about you um, and tell us something you really like about yourself. Oh, wow. You start off with the hard one. Um, something I really like about myself. Um Something I really like myself is about myself is that I I am able to connect with people mm. um, typically very quickly and very easily, and it's it it's really is out of this genuine desire um, to uh, when I'm out and about. One of my favorite things to do is people watch, and it's not just it's it's not just to watch, but I'm constantly without even thinking about it, I'm looking for someone that could potentially just use a kind word, a smile, a little joke or something to hopefully flip their moment around for them. Mm. Um, so it could be that mom that looks like she's juggling three kids by herself. Um, and as she walked by, make a little comment, um, just to let her know I see her and, um, that she's doing a better job than what she obviously thinks she's doing or something like that. So that I enjoy. Um, not only because it's great to see a smile or something change for someone, um, but it's amazing when you make just a simple gesture like that to someone, the conversations you can actually get into and learn about them. Yeah. And, and that I love. When you're, a, when you're a good, kind human being. Because I think some people listening to this, <laughs> right. like, right, you make comments. And, but the idea right. being, like, sadly... Uh, so yeah. many people hide from the power of those small moments because they yeah. are afraid. And, you know, once somebody goes through the 12 week coaching, you know, I know I feel like I get to know them and get so close to them, mm -hmm. but I see parts of who they are standing out and yeah. for sure, just the ability to just be completely connecting and relaxed is like instantaneous yeah. with you. Um, yeah. Thank and you. So, yeah, I love that. It's 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 always a good thing when people are you know self aware and that is very yeah. self aware. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, tell you. us about like when you think about you know your mission. Um, what what are you really wanting to do with people? How are you wanting to accomplish your doing in the world? Yeah, I can tell you right now um, what I've come to know generally, and I'm realizing that it's still the clearer vision of that is a daily thing. Um, and a, a big part of it has come from the conversations you and I've had. Um, but my, I think my, the, the 30,000 foot view, um, of my mission is to really, 
um, dive into personal excavation with people mm. to help them discover um, whatever it is that's really got them clouded is mm. to help them gain clarity around where they are and why they're there um, to help them then kind of develop direction. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like clarity direction comes from that clarity. And, and then as you gain that clarity in the direction, the courage um, is there to, to start taking steps yeah. towards that. And the there, uh, I think the thing that I've struggled is for the longest time is where is there, mm-hmm. you know, if I were to explain to someone what I, what I do, they want to know what there is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, the more you and I talk and the more I just become more self-aware of where I'm at, uh, what I'm feeling, why I'm feeling it, that the there, um, is around just knowing first and foremost who they are. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and I know that for me, like it's, it's such a concept skipped over as we've talked about, uh, that most people aren't dialed into. And I know Mm -hmm. when we started our chats, you were like ready to dive into your own personal sense of focus. Yeah. And, and as we explored this idea of identity and it, you know, kept dominoing, mm-hmm. you're, you were like, oh, okay, I see this, I see this. And then we get mm-hmm. to that point where we talk about the focus and you're, you were ready. You, the focus ready. came out of it came out. that process. And so yeah. what I'm excited about with like today's chat, because for people that are listening to this, you know, some of them may have listened to some other round of interviews that I've done with our, called the stuck book interviews. Mm. And, uh, and today feels different. Maybe we'll take a little bit of that flavor, but today feels different because, you know, Sight Shift has changed a lot in the last few months. We released something that we call our, our certified coaching, and mm-hmm. we've got people that are graduating that. It's it's really exciting to be, like, blowing way past what yeah. my hope was for the whole yeah. year already. Um, and you're a part of that because there are mm-hmm. people that have gone through it that have been like, I want to help people mm-hmm. with this. And that's what's coming through as you describe your mission. Um, mm-hmm. when you think back, cause what people won't know, um, you know, that you've had coaching experience and worked with mm-hmm. people and organizations, when you think about your mission and the people that you've served in coaching, who are some of the favorite parts of, or, or who, who are some of the people that you've coached? How would you describe them that you really enjoy working with them? Um, they're individual. I've been, I've been coaching now for seven years and um, kind of in the field much longer than that, but discovered coaching and, and my passion and desire for it about seven years ago. And within all of that time, um, those that really uh, fire me up and get me excited are those who um, in some way, shape or form, they know there's more. Mm. And, and they're looking for more. And, and they're typically in a couple different places. They either know what that more is for themselves, uh, their families, their communities, whatever. They know what that is. They're just not sure how to get there. Mm-hmm. Or they're just clueless as to what that more is. There's like this unsettledness that they're sensing personally, professionally, you know, one or the other, or all of it together. But they're just not sure what that more is. And I get so pumped and so excited to, to just dive in. Yeah. Uh, again, to get into that excavation and self-discovery. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with kind of my own journey. I, I, I've been in that place 
I have been and, and in times, you know, still continue to be in that place. But early on, I kept looking for that more outside of myself. I kept looking for it in job titles. I kept looking for it in organizations or communities to belong to. And I wasn't looking in the one place it can truly be found. Mm. <laughs> and that was that was inside of myself. Mm. Um, and I just I love being a part of helping people recognize that, realize that mm. and then dive into that discovery. Yeah. It's crazy to me how many people um, like stuff and silence that part that there's mm-hmm. more. Like, mm-hmm. And then those that do pay attention to it, they get bitter mm-hmm. because, you know, and, and, you know, sadly, we overcomplicate things mm-hmm. and we don't come to this place that's like, no, what's it look like for you to move forward on that every day in a small, right. simple step? Just five minutes. Just right. even five minutes, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, when you look at the challenges of the people that that you've served that are that are at that place, they want more, what do you see some things being that get in the way of them really getting unblocked? Oh, great question. Um, well, when I think about my own journey, Um, one of the things that got in the way for me is as I talk about it, some of the people I was around most commonly wasn't family, but other people I worked around that I thought might understand that, um, I got pushback. Mm. I got them telling, well, maybe you just need to learn to be content where you are. Mm. Um, especially those people that have heard me talk about it for a little while. I got some, uh, instead of encouragement and diving into it, I got pushback on, um, you know, maybe what you want just isn't realistic. Mm. Is and it, go ahead. No, go ahead, please. No, please go ahead. Was, it's just crazy how the community wants to keep you, yeah, pulled down where they are. Yeah, yeah. And and it was, you know, I'm so grateful and thankful that the unsettledness didn't <laughs> didn't dissipate. Mm. Um, I might believe those those comments and those things uh, for a little while, but the unsettled just the unsettledness just wouldn't leave me alone. It mm-hmm. was still there, mm-hmm. um, and it it won. You know, I kept pressing into the unsettledness, um, not even knowingly. I'd like to say that I did that totally consciously and out of strength, but it just simply wouldn't leave me alone. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I kept, I, I paid attention to it and I kept looking um, until, you know, eventually I started finding some, some individuals and connecting with some individuals that got fired up when I talked about the unsettledness and helped me press into that mm-hmm. um, a little bit more. I think another thing is, um, you know, I've been uh, where I've worked, you know, a lot of my coaching was within the direct selling world and at a company that was predominantly women. And it was so prevalent that so many women, at least, I'm not saying it's not true for guys, but, but my experience has been so many women to, to press into that feeling of wanting more, um, or that something's missing, uh, for them, for so many of them, it felt selfish. Mm. And a big block for them was helping them recognize that um, it's only selfish if it consumes you and it's all about you. But helping them see where pressing into that unsettledness and looking for that more and really defining what that was, was truly and actually going to help them become a better version of themselves so that they could be that better version of themselves. Not only just for them, but even what excited them was for their family or for their friends or the communities that we were in. So helping them recognize that self-care <laughs> and, and pressing into that unsettledness and more 
was going to help them in all those other areas that are so on that are selfless Mm -hmm. rather than selfish. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was huge. Um, and I could keep going on, you know, within that then was, was confidence. You know, there was a lack of confidence in that and just helping them step into those areas as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, you know, for me, when I have listened to you talk about it, there are always moments that stand out in my conversations that I feel like, oh my gosh, this is such a, this is such a beautiful part of who this person is. Um, Mm -hmm. And you told me a story that this was an example of, of like the organization you were a part of had this program they wanted everybody to go through and, and you felt like before you took them to the program, they needed the customized wisdom that was going to mm-hmm. help them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's such an example of where does the institution serve the individual to unleash and empower them or does the person serve the institution? Mm. And, mm. you know, I, I, yeah. can you talk a little bit about that and that tension and then how yeah. you navigated it and why you navigated yeah. it the way you did? Yeah. Um, I, I think it's such a fine line, right? Cause everything done, I know was, I, the, the best of hearts is always there. Yeah. And I think where we have to be careful, all of us, whether it's an organization, whether it's us as individuals, um, looking for the words here, um, we really have to look at the motive behind it and who is being served. So, so in some of the instances and things I've been a part of, we were strongest when we were serving and supporting and our conversations were around, how do we help those we serve be the best them? How do we, how do we help them know what it is they want? How do we help them be successful in all the things they need to do to make happen what it is they need to be to make happen? And then as conversations, conversations can very easily switch and not be, uh, we don't catch the subtleties, the subtle, the subtleness, <laughs> the no, subtleties you, right <laughs> okay. of, of when some of those, those comments start becoming, let's be the best we can be. Um, again, it doesn't sound like, and it's not a bad thing, but when the comments or the focus becomes, uh, hitting records or hitting um, levels that really speak to more looking for recognition and rising in charts um, rather than focused on the people that make it all happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if I'm doing a good job no. of, of speaking to this, but. Um, and I know I'm putting you in a spot of like talking about like right. some tough it, stuff, right? Some Real tough things stuff. that happen. Some tough stuff. And again, there was there's no it's not it's not blame or it's not um, criticism in so much as just seeing the impact of a switch in focus. Mm-hmm. A, a switch of focus going moving from the individuals being served and supported to bringing it back to reflections on, um, or the success of the whole, (laughs) the success of the institution. Yeah. Maybe that's the way to say it. When, when focus became success of the institution, um, and I know that was for purpose of helping all, 
right? I mean, it was still with greatest of intentions. It's all, it was great. But when it came to the, the, the furtherment of the institution, rather than really just staying hyper-focused on the individuals within, it was a lot tougher. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I was just like inspired by the way that you, you navigated that and you had like a center point that you were like, no, I, w- I want to help them with the program, but I know the best way to help them with the program, so to speak, is to help them become their best selves first. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so, right. yeah, you, you, you don't, you know, you don't find this approach being thoughtfully applied um, in, in a lot of places unless someone is there championing like, no, this, like, it's not about us getting to this collective whole and then mm-hmm. all the individual people are going to, you know, we've got to have this focus different. It's got to be the individual getting empowered. Leadership is, is the people, right? That is yeah. the vision. Yes. Um, so that really inspired me to hear that. And I think that would be a great way to segue just to say, like, we've got to know a little bit about you. We're going to dive deeper into that. But to a section for this part of the interview to talk about this idea that what it means for you to be a, a certified coach of Sight Shift. And I'd like to talk mm-hmm. about just coaching in general, too. Um, and what do you think makes a good coach? Just curious. Uh, well, you, it's... Uh, service and service oriented. Um, you know, it's someone who is looking out to prop up the other more so than propping up self, mm-hmm. um, listening and not just listening with ears, um, but listening with your whole self. Uh, I think one of the greatest, one of the greatest things I've learned and continue to learn and continue to want to grow in as a coach is, um, being tuned into intuition. Um, when, when, as you're listening to someone with your head, with your heart, you know, with, with kind of every fiber of your being and you feel this, this intuition, um, not to push it away, but to find a way to, to, to get underneath that and then beginning asking questions that aren't leading, you know, it's because you get intuition doesn't mean that that's, you know, you now know, but it's kind of the signal to start asking questions that you don't know the answer to in that area. Um, for instance, um, you know, I remember working with someone who, um, uh, who was really struggling. They, they became a leader. They were really struggling with being a leader and they kept asking questions about tactics of leadership. Um, but it, it wasn't so much the words they were using, but the tone in which they were using it, they were asking, they were making statements, but they were asking them, with a question tone, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, it became, you know, the intuition was there is this really isn't about the tactics of leadership. This is about them believing rather they're capable. This is a confidence issue. Um, so I began asking questions around, um, you know, who they saw as leaders in their own lives. You know, if they were to talk about who the first top two leaders are in their own lives, who are they? And I started asking questions about, you know, what are the characteristics of those individuals Nothing of it had anything to do with tactics, and it had much more to do with principle. Yeah. And it had much to do more to do with authenticity, and it had much more to do with things like that. And it was really, I was able to then ask him now, you know, to take them in a direction that helped them kind of compare what they were thinking they needed to be to a, to be a leader, and 
who those strong leaders were in their lives. And they really see it as much more about just confidence and clarity. And um, it was more about who they were rather than what they did. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm going to give you a statement to react to. Like, okay. you, didn't, you didn't even know this was coming. So true or okay. false, agree, disagree. We'll, okay. we'll have it out if you disagree. But in any okay. case, uh, if I thought about, like, what makes a good coach, totally agree with everything you said. I, I, I would also add as a umbrella statement, one that removes pressure and and really helps somebody be free of it. Like, the pressure isn't going to make them better. Because that pressure is connected to false shame, should, should nots. Mm-hmm. They've got to figure yep. out them and unleash it. Yep. A different way of saying that, better way of saying that. What are your thoughts? Um, I'm going to say true with with a caveat. And this is totally knee-jerk reaction. So I'll have to think about my answer after I put it out there. Yeah, after totally we get in... this recorded and published right. it and what crap. <laughs> right, right. Um, I agree. It's taking pressure off. It's taking pressure off in feeling they have to be a certain way. So taking pressure off so that they can be them, um, where I feel like I'm learning I could do better at is, and pressure is not the right word. So maybe, so as I'm saying this out loud, I'm kind of, what I'm learning is, is, um, sometimes they need a little bit more encouragement or nudges to dive into those deeper places. Mm-hmm. So applying a little bit of, and I don't know if pressure is the right word, but empowerment and, and um, for me, it would be uh, a confrontation and, of truth. There you go. That's the word I'm looking for. Though that's yes. So it's if, helping them confront truth when it's there, and they're they're fearful in going that direction. Yeah, I like that. I'm I'm going to be down with that caveat totally because that makes sense. It's like, and it's there their choice i'm not responsible for how they respond to truth right i'm not gonna be a jerk deploying it but right if they feel pressure from the truth there's something blocked up in their mindset truth right frees you so how can we uh do that well Um, said okay well tell me what you think makes a destructive coach um Unfortunately, I've had the experience of it wasn't anyone that I hired, but someone that stepped in in an exercise I went through, um, and it messed me up. And they were a destructive coach because they walked in. I'll give you examples, and then we can extrapolate from it. But I walked into it, and one of the first things they said is they were really proud of this assessment they built. And they said, all right, we're going to figure out what's wrong with you. And (laughs) that was how they led into it. Mm. Um, and then as we walked through the assessment I took, which was, it was a really long assessment and got pretty personal and there were some good questions in. And then, um, so I was, I was really interested in what this, what came out of this assessment that was, I should say the assessment was meant to help identify how we get in our own way, how we sabotage our own, our own, uh, progress. Um, in this individual, in this moment, it's nothing about the individual, but in this moment and in their excitement about their assessment, what they built, um, the focus was on figuring out what was wrong with me. And the focus was the accuracy of the assessment. Mm-hmm. So they really didn't listen to my responses. Yeah. Um, and they didn't build the conversation off of responses. Mm-hmm. So, so all of that to say, as a coach, whether it's an individual or whether any of us as coaches can 
can be in danger of this is being so focused on the framework and what I know or what I think I know that I'm simply not working from a space of what I don't know. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like as a coach, that's where we need to play. What don't we know? Mm-hmm. Let's awesome. dive into what we don't know. Yeah. I love that. I, uh, I, I, you know, I think about this, it's, it would apply to just leaders. So your answer was better and more specific mine from a general standpoint would be, you know, somebody that's turning up the intensity when they lack clarity, like yes. a pro when anybody is a pro at what they're doing, they know where that person is and how to get them to the next thing mm-hmm. and how to help them make the smallest amount of movement to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the clarity of that, versus the turning up the pressure and the intensity and you know so i've over the years worked with a number of different people and mentors and advisors in my life and coaches and psychologists counselors i mean i'm i need tons of work (laughs) i've learned everything (laughs) this stupid hard way um but i did have a guy one time who like saw that i was in this position of influence the organization and he wanted to be near that and so he wanted to mentor me and mm-hmm. I was too young to know that if somebody shows up and is like, I'll mentor you to be like, no, that's like, let me ask for that. Right. right. Uh, so, so super young and just distracted by the, the influence and the power of this person. You know, at one point, like he started telling me how I should dress mm-hmm. like literally. <laughs> and I was too stupid. And this is embarrassing to say, I can't believe I've, I've never told the story that I know of, but, um, took me to a department store, like paid for stuff and was like, you know, you need to look like this. If you're going to, when you're going to be in front of people speaking and you're going to have the most influence, it's got to be like this. Well, what's, I have told this story. Uh, what's dumb is I so listened to it that I went to my high school reunion and this would have been like, I don't remember how far after high school, whatever. I'll lose track of time and have to think about it too long, maybe 10 years. Um, But, uh, and this would have been about 13 years ago, this happened, so crazy. I I was dressed like a 50-year-old man (laughs) at my 10-year high school reunion. You know, and I'm I'm 40 now. Jeez, what was I, 26? Uh, And, or 28, whatever you are when you graduate. But so the, I didn't, I, I wasn't me. And that's mm-hmm. the thing, like, mm-hmm. you know, what I'm looking for is how to uncover who that person is. Yeah. Now, w- we've talked generally, why specifically would you be saying, um, I think site shift is the best way to do that, or, or else you would want to be certified in something else. Right. Right. Why for you, site shift? Because for me, site shift, um, and it's not just for me what I've discovered to be is just very foundational. Um, you know, personally, professionally, it's just so foundational because when you, when you look to lead others, it's about, it's become a better leader of others. I'm discovering it's about first being a better leader of yourself. Um, the, the self-awareness, developing self-awareness. Um, and, and from your words, Chris, leading from a true identity, you know, living more than leading, living from a true identity. Um, it empowers you to give where you're usually looking to get 
you know, I'm walking into situations, relationships, again, whether they're personal or professional. And if I'm walking into them knowing and being more secure in who I am, I'm no longer looking for validation. Um, ego becomes less and less powerful in um, impacting my interactions. And I become less of, um, to blend together my learning there and some of the reading I'm doing right now, I become less of a judger. Uh, and looking for validation in circumstances and become much more of a learner. Mm. Um, and, uh, it's a daily practice that's simple, but very difficult. Right. So, um, what I believe sight shift does is sight shift gives the framework. Um, it gives a wonderful framework to start at the beginning and to work through that. And, um, you know, I think back to as a kid growing up, you know, I'd sit in sermons and I'd sit in speeches and different things and I'd hear these wonderful thoughts and ideas and principles and perspectives, but I would always leave thinking, all right, how? Tell me how to do that now. I get it. I get what you're saying. I understand the importance of it, but how do I do it? Sight shift um, provides the perspective. It provides the, again, the framework and it provides the tools the activities, the steps, the things to do to continue to move towards um, that foundational self-awareness and then put it into play. And then the other piece that I love about Site Shift is is you end the program with, now go and teach it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it's not just going through this process just for you. It's so that you can share it and uh, are empowered and encouraged to share it. Yeah, right on. Man, that's so encouraging to hear. I mean, I feel like I've had to fight for every square inch <laughs> of me, like, learning who I am, not letting the should, should not drive me, the shame. Yeah. Obviously, if I'm letting a person tell me how to dress, I mean, I right. was so lost on who I was. And so I have that frustration where I, I, I see people throw these, you know, axioms out. And I'm like, yeah, but how? <laughs> How like everybody that nods and feels the identification with that truth and they're like, yes, yes. They get hyped from it and they think they've done the work because they've emotionally agreed. Mm -hmm. Um, And and yet they haven't put in that work. They Mm -hmm. haven't really explored. And um, yeah, nothing's changed, right? Nothing's changed. There's nothing that we're doing or doing differently as a result. Totally. Um, Yeah. Um, I wanted, I wanted to make a comment along these lines at the end, but I'm going to say it now. Um, and I'll say it at the end too, but getting to coach and work with lots of different people, I mean, a wide variance of ages from senior adult to, you know, Mm -hmm. high school, Mm -hmm. uh, and everything in between so many different industries, you know, even though the sweet spot of what we do now is working with, with, you know, companies as they're scaling their leadership uh, mm-hmm. working with obviously high growth individuals, um, in the coaching, just being around a lot of different people, I'm just so fired up. I, I'm, I'm careful in the coaching to not ever bring something to the moment that distracts from the work they need to do. Yeah. But I remember early on just the enthusiasm I felt being like, Oh my gosh, he's going to like help so many people if he wants to get certified Mm. and, and work with others in this. And so as you took that path, I was like, yes, this is (laughs) going to be awesome. So for folks listening, you know, I'm, I'm just excited as Mike, you've heard him tell stories about coaching. Uh, I, I wouldn't be doing this with him. 
you know, he wouldn't be in the certification process. He wouldn't be certified if he wasn't um, awesomely capable. That's the phrase <laughs> that pops in my head. And so just excited for people that are listening to this to get the chance to experience what it's like to go through those 12 weeks, those one-on-one chats. I mean, we can say to people listening, uh, if it's the 30-minute meeting or an hour meeting, somewhere between 6 and 12 hours will completely change your leadership, ultimately your life. Um, uh-uh. And I can add in and interject here. Um, it's the best investment I've made not only in myself, um, but in those I love and serve Dude. to go through Sight Shift. Dude. Um, I don't ever take that for granted. Fires me up to hear it. Awesome. Oh, uh, okay. So what I'd like to do now, have a little fun, let people get to know you some more. Um, and I, you know, some of this can be thoughtful and reminiscent. Some of it's just present moment stuff. Okay. But if, if you look back and go, man, I wish I would have known about like how to really lead and live out of a secure identity here to, mm-hmm. to really live that mindset sight shift. Where would you look back and go, I wish I would have known that at an earlier point? Not to stir up regrets, but to help people listening. Wow. Um, I wish I would have known that. Um, man, I can go all the way back to uh, high school. Uh, you know, I, uh, I had the opportunity, even in high school, to, um, for one reason or another, I just found myself in leadership roles, you know, from high school throughout um, undergraduate and to know back in high school, some of the things that I know now, uh, boy, things would have looked a lot different. I would have actually been a leader rather than just someone who, you know, had that title of student council president or whatever. Um, I might've actually led, you know, and I may have actually had an impact because in those moments, um, I honestly didn't, I didn't know what it meant. Um, and I spent a lot of life growing up as a people pleaser. I did things because they were expected, um, because I thought they'd make other people happy and like me. Um, not necessarily because they were things I truly wanted to do and felt purpose and passion in. Mm-hmm. Um, and and uh, I'm 44 and a recovering people pleaser right now. So is, is that okay? Do you mind? Right. Um, yeah. So uh, to, to go back that far and to just to have a better awareness of, of who I am and that my identity is, is grounded in something so much deeper and has little to nothing to do uh, with what I do or who I'm around, um, those kind of things would have been huge, would have impacted so many things. Mm-hmm. What is... Uh your idea you get an unexpected free day free afternoon Ooh. what do you go do an unexpected free afternoon um or even the whole day the do whole day anybody you had to please <laughs> mm, i would hop in a boat with my dad and go fishing mm. that's what i'd do Nice. I'd spend the day with spend the day with dad, and you know, if if as long it was it was something they could handle, I would love to take my boys with me, mm. um, just to kind of experience those those moments where dad and I are in the boat together are 
moments where we always talk, we get along great, loving to death. Um, those always seem to be extra special moments just in kind of, and just talking and spending time together. So that's the very first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. Love it. Awesome. What's something that you're into? Maybe a lot of people around you aren't. It's your chance to let your weird out, fly your flag. Oh my goodness. Um, man, anything I want to admit <laughs> I had a guy get um, me started on zero drop shoes yesterday. I was like, dang it. It was like a coaching <laughs> salesman. I don't mean a salesman. Get to know yeah. if he wants it, but I'm like, shut up, Chris. Stop talking about zero drop running. <laughs> um, I tell you something that I've I, I haven't gotten into in practice yet, but would love to. Um, is my brother, my younger brother, got me hooked on me and my boys hooked on the if you've seen the show Forged in Fire where they bring in blacksmiths, they bring in blacksmiths and they put them through a series of uh, tests to see who can, who can uh, forge the best knife. And then they put it through tests of sharpness and strength and durability. And then the two that win go on to do a further, a further um, test in which they have to replicate, you know, a sword or something from history. And uh, it's just really, interesting oh and and the material they use the metal they use for it sometimes they have to they put an old car in the shop and they have to go find the right pieces of metal off an old car and use a blowtorch and cut them off and then use that to make the or there's just a lot of weird things and as you watch it it's interesting but then as you see these blacksmiths pound on the metal and and turn this shapeless you know this just this hunk of junk into something that's really can be artistic um it looks very therapeutic so I'm now into this and I kind of like the idea of blacksmithing, taking metal and bending it and forming it into something that's useful or even just ornate or something. So there you go. There's Dude, my weird. There's is, my weird. That's fringe for sure. I had <laughs> that's no idea the show it exists. Now that's I, f- I feel a need to uh, say to everyone listening, um, you know, we – we have to have you so busy that you could never risk burning your house down. <laughs> that's right. Or you're going to have time for this, and that's not going to help. I think that's right. it speaks so much to, like, when you do work with your head a lot, mm-hmm. how good it feels to work with your to hands. Do something with your hands. Yeah. yeah. I Yeah. Well said. And I think well if, said. if you work well with your, your head as you do um, – even more so. I mean, it's. I think there are people that use the excuse that they're working with their head, but they're not like mm-hmm. the active presence of being with people and right. unblocking who they are and walking. The, you know, that's all so involved and deep. And uh, yeah, I get it, and it makes sense. <laughs> and uh, that's too cool. There's there's no practicality to it other than a man feeling like he's bending iron using his hands and feeling manly for a moment, right? So <laughs> yeah, unless you make tools and there's a zombie there you go and then i'm like dude mike i need a plow (laughs) um (laughs) the uh you know for me today the goal and and we're going to try this maybe as a new series but excited to kick it off with you uh to get to know you know folks that are ready to 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 roll and help people with sight shift and just excited for for what's ahead um, me too. For me, it's just been a privilege to have you on today and have you sharing. Anything else you'd want to say to folks that are listening? Um, 
man, if you've got that burning in your stomach, that unsettledness, um, something more. And, you know, when we're talking about more, we're not talking about more money. We're not talking about more things. Um, but you just know there's more, um, more for you, more for those you love. Um, don't let anybody squelch that. Mm. Not only don't let anybody squelch that, but go looking for your tribe, go looking for people, go looking for someone, um, to help fan that flame, um, to, to help you dive into it, to dig into it, to get underneath it. Um, the learning alone will be amazing and just who knows where you might end up. And, um, uh, so yeah, that's, that's probably the biggest thing. And you know what, uh, site shift is a wonderful place to get that help. You know, that, uh, anyone, um, involved with site shift is a, is a wonderful place mm. to do that discovery. Awesome. Well, folks listening, you heard that from Mike, that if you're there, don't let somebody squelch that fire. There there can be change, and it is possible. Most human beings don't change, mm-hmm. but it's possible for dramatic change. It's possible. And uh, what a cool thing to, to have you speak those kind things about Sight Shift. Excited to see your growth ahead, and for po- people listening, I have no doubt that some are going to be like, I just resonate with Mike, there's something there. Uh, I will get you in touch with him. You know, you can reach out through our website, Mm -hmm. siteshift.com. Uh, Mm -hmm. are you active on a social media that you want to share? Which one? Uh, I'm, I'm active. I'm active, um, on uh, Instagram. Uh, and it's just coach Klaus, C-L-O-U-S-E. And then the initials C-D-C. So coach Klaus, C-D-C. Um, I am also on, uh, Facebook. And uh, that is, um, if you go to Facebook, it's at Life Purpose Impact. It's how you find me there on Facebook. Awesome. So, folks, you can get in direct contact with Mike. Um, Dude, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Uh, Appreciate it very much. Good times. Thanks, everybody, for listening along. Go out and sight shift yourself. Peace.